Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello and a big shout out to my international audience, local and national audiences, and my fans. I want to thank you all for listening each week and for your support and tuning into the Transformation for Successful sex show. I am so excited today. I want you to join me today with my guest, Mr. Howard Lim, a branding expert, business builder, and president CEO of How Creative. So if you're listening live, you've got questions, feel free to call in the show and ask Mr. Lim or me questions at one 346 9151 we would be happy again to take your call. You know, I am so excited to have you on the show today, Mr. Lim, because he is this incredible man that I met at a mastermind networking meeting uh, given by Ryan Long. So I'm giving a shout out to Ryan because you were speaking and Howard, I found your presentation on branding your business to be one of the most inspirational and so succinctly presented on how to connect with customers intellectually and emotionally, and I knew I had to have you on the show today, so I want to welcome you to the Transformation for Success show today. Thank you very much for having me on the show, and I was very delighted to meet you as well at Ryan Long's uh, Mastermind well, event. Well, it was, it was incredible, and you are incredible, and I want to uh, let my listeners know a little bit more about your background, because Howard, I know one of the things that was interesting that you went to Cal Poly State University in San Luis Obispo, and I worked for the California State University system for 37 years, and so I did not know that, that you had gone to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. That's a beautiful campus, and um, I'm glad that you were a recognized graduate of that university, but I want to uh, talk about, like, for well over 30 years, Howard, you've been president of How Creative, and you've represented a vast array of Fortune 500 brands. And I'm just going to name just a few because they're incredible. Mattel, Jake's Pacific, Apple, Disney, DreamWorks, Xerox, Oracle, Honda. I mean, the list goes on and on. And as a brand designer, your contributions have been responsible for billions of dollars in clients' profits and increased equity value for each brand. So I am so excited to have you today because there are so many entrepreneurs that are out there, new and some of them are seasoned entrepreneurs, and would love to hear a subject that's near, I think, and resonates with most entrepreneurs about branding. So uh, I know that you know how to connect with customers, but I'm going to go back a little bit to your beginnings because it was interesting. You began finger painting at the age of five and have lived your purpose to create from inspiration and work with passion. So what was the epiphany that you experienced that pivoted you to where you are today? Well, the epiphany was actually when I was mixing the paint back in the old days, you mix mm-hmm. the paint with water uh, in a powder and you stir it around. I was stirring around with my fingers to dissolve the actual ink, um, uh, the paint powder, Mm-hmm. And um, and then, you know, we placed it out against the boards that were outside on a skate, and it was nice, slick paper, mm-hmm. probably 18 by 24 sheet. And when I put my finger in the paint and then put it in touch and connected the paper, it just hit me, and I, it was just like it just came from above, but it just really zapped me in a nice, beautiful way that this is my purpose. And then I just started to finger paint and really get into colors and um, mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't too shortly after that um, but that was in kindergarten by first grade uh, people my teachers started to notice that I had a natural knack for drawing and then I went into uh, special classes for uh, drawing that they put me mm-hmm. in after school and then it just kept evolving and evolving where each school I attended from grade school junior high and high school the art teachers pretty much took me underneath their wing 
um, to uh, really mentor me. And the time I was ready to, for college, I already knew what I wanted to do, which is in the area of art uh-huh. illustration and graphic design. And then from there, I pursued my education at two schools, what you mentioned, yes, Cal Poly, and then went to Art Center uh, Art Center of Design in Pasadena. Uh-huh. And then... Uh-huh. And then, um, and then from there, it was just an opportunity to work in different industries. But, you know, it's so interesting how you, you know, and, and I've always believed in purpose found at early ages. And sometimes kids get kind of, you know, uh, swayed away from it. But you were encouraged uh, by your teachers. And then uh, one of the things I did learn about you, too, in reading your bio is that when you did go to San Luis Obispo to major in graphic design, there was no such major. It wasn't even recognized as a college major. But I just want to applaud you because you continued. But it almost seems like you were sort of a maverick from the beginning because you started something uh, a concept called whole brain thinking. So where did that come from? Out of the, your art uh, experience? Actually, colors? it came <laughs> from, well, actually, we came from, and you're right, back in the day, the day, time I graduated Cal Poly, now they had my, my major was categorized as graphic design. Back then, it was called applied art and design, so it was like a uh-huh. double major. Right. You had to uh-huh. understand production and science as, uh, as well as design. And as uh-huh. well as art, so it was a pretty intense, uh, a pretty intense major. But what brings it to whole brain thinking is what I noticed when I was starting off with my company and working with companies, big companies, is that it was the the communication, the visual. It's called visual communication. Basically, you're visually uh-huh. communicating to your audience through a message. And what I've realized when I was working with different size companies, what was missing was the business side of things. Like, it's uh-huh. like, great. There's the execution of how to communicate with people with your core message, your look, your feel, your tone. But what was missing was, like, well, how do you connect that to the business model itself? Uh-huh. And that's when I started to rethink my own business uh-huh. of where I want to combine the whole brain approach, cause, approach because I'm a whole brain thinker. So as much uh-huh. as I think logically, I think creatively, and I go, wow, uh-huh. business is thought on a business side of things, but a standpoint of profits and loss, intellectual uh-huh. property and structure, uh-huh. as much as they did with the creative side, they would have something that would be uh, working on two cylinders rather than just one. Well, I thought that was a hard concept to sort of get across to people because you're, you leverage technology in a way that, that hadn't been attempted for to stylish design inspiring solutions that are going to, you know, help businesses. And I remember in your presentation, you talked about uh, changing, having a company and branding them with a whole new logo that would really reflect the feel of, and culture of that organization. So, uh, you know, so I was, I'm, I was so inspired <laughs> after listening to you. And actually, I wish the, cust- the, the listeners could see what you did on the board with your PowerPoint uh, to really explain uh, this significant to me solution for many businesses. One of the things, too, Howard, if you don't mind me calling you Howard, uh, I got tickled when uh, your first in one of your first design agency jobs, <laughs> the people around you, including your own boss, believed computers would be a fad. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was that not- like? <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. I actually, uh, that's the reason why I created my own company, um, because I only worked for two companies prior to creating my own company, and I was showing them that that was the future of merging uh, strong principles with um, the digital domain, and they just couldn't comprehend it, and they didn't want to reframe themselves because they've been so conditioned of working in a traditional way so I got really frustrated, and that's when I started my own company, and I said, if no one else understands what I'm going to do, then I'm going to create my own company, and that's when the Fortune 500 companies understood what I was up to, and that's why I started with the Fortune 500 companies, not only because they always want to be on the edge and innovative, and I became the solution for them. Well, you know, I bet, and and thankfully you were, but how many of them do you think out of all of them were resistant to this whole concept? Because even today, you find people are really not 
really uh, embracing even just digital technology. But in, during that, with your new concepts, how many of them were really just saying, nah, this is not going to work? I mean, and did that was that sort of disappointing to you? It was until they gave me a couple a chance, like with uh, a big film company where we're doing fine line feature films and Paramount films, and mm-hmm. you know you're doing everything in the old school way, where they used to Xerox images, pasting them together, take an airbrush or pens and ink, and start mocking up the concept. And I say if we mm-hmm. scan them in and start working with Photoshop, we could montage things. And one company just goes, one company realized that I, ha- I was on to something, so they decided to take the, 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 the gamble, and it was a big company. And um, then I started to teach all their designers uh, how to utilize the computer, and they became the first known in the industry mm-hmm. to actually utilize the computer for the film industry, for the movie industry, to create what are called one-sheets. But yes, there was a lot of resistance. In fact... I would say less than, definitely less than one-tenth of a percent were open to what I was doing. Otherwise, it was just like, you know, you're just talking in a whole different language. I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you know, I, I hope that's motivating to some of the listeners out there because, you know, you're not always going to be embraced for a concept that you may have. People, there are a lot of naysayers, uh, people that will say, no, it's not going to work. But the thing is that you continue to pursue what you believe in your heart is the right thing to do. And then you got a break. You know, somebody said, you know, hey, let's let's go for it. And that was the first step. But uh, I think, you know, one of the things you talked about uh, or that you continued to craft and you've transformed businesses at every level. One of the things that uh, I was intrigued about and you can explain to the listeners, because you believe that every business has a signature story and purpose, and it has to connect with the customer's intellect, emotions, and their heart. So how do, how do you uh, grasp that and explain that to the listeners? Yeah, and that's starting to catch on. That's where you hear a lot of people say they, do, they create the storytelling, the story behind uh-huh. the brand. Uh-huh. Quite honestly, that's about 1% of what needs to happen, but it's, okay. it is uh, an important 1%. But nevertheless, you're right. So I believe that every company has an equal opportunity, and that's the reason why I work from, from entrepreneurs to companies that are just starting off to the very wealthy to the very, very the largest companies in the world. Uh-huh. Um, the point, the point being, is that I it, what I what I do is I'm a visionary, and so when I'm talking and working with my clients, I could see the future with their idea, but they need to refine it and they need to craft it in a way that could connect to their ideal customer. Uh-huh. So therefore, then it's figuring out well, what's their philosophy, what's their vision, what's the back end story, which is now called storytelling. It's really the back end of the uh-huh. authenticity of the core of what they're creating that differentiates them from everybody else. So uh-huh. there's a couple uh-huh. components in that. When you start to differentiate from everybody else, right, it's uh-huh. longer for the consumer to understand what your product does, but you have a longer lifespan behind your product because you're not another me too. The companies uh-huh. that are easy to absorb and get out there very quickly, uh-huh. they're going to fade just as fast. But if you take, uh-huh. like, the most radical companies like Apple, Waze, for example, uh-huh. Nike, the reason why they're so successful is because they believed in what they were doing and they kept to their philosophy and stuck to their guns, in a sense, without uh-huh. being deterred, you know, to take a uh-huh. detour or to actually be swayed in another direction because they were super clear of what they're bringing to the market and how it differentiates and why... People should listen to them. I, I think this is so great. Uh, and uh, one of the things I'm going to share this is this, this translates on a personal level in the sense of when we talk about uh, having a philosophy, storytelling, you know how difficult it is. And I work with people who have difficulty in sharing who they are. They're not their profession. They're not their job. But who are you really? And it's really <laughs> to be super clear about who you are. What do you? What is your purpose? What do you value? What is your mission? Do you have a personal mission statement? So this kind of correlates, uh, Howard, into personal transformation as well. 
So that's just what I just kind of picked up off of that real quick. So listen, we're going to be right back with Howard Lem. My guess is we got a lot more to talk about. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Thank you for listening. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, thank you for tuning in and welcome back to How to Build a Unique Brand for Your Business with Howard Lamb. Today, yes, my guest is the famous Howard Lamb. So, Howard, again, I am so happy to have you on the show again today. Um, One of the things that uh, I'm going to just share with the listeners, for those of you who might be just tuning in, that Mr. Lamb has developed and refined a complete trademarked integrated process that blends business and marketing with an emphasis on branding. And this process has crafted compelling world-class brands for all size businesses that were embraced and they understood what this meant for their businesses. So I just wanted to share that for those of you who are just might be just tuning in. And I want you to call all of your friends and tell them they got to download this show because it's so important, particularly as it relates to branding. And I know today, Howard, we hear a lot uh, from customers, from people about branding, how it's become such an integral part of not only branding your company, but branding yourself. So one of the, my question is, you're called the disruptive solution provider and branding expert and an expert business builder. So did you obtain that reputation with all of these companies, Honda, Mattel, and all of them that you, Xerox that you worked with, and they, they started calling you this, or did you call yourself that? <laughs> well, that's right. You know, it's interesting because that's how I started to get known in the industry, mm-hmm. uh, and then I decided to, to, to give it a label, you could say. Uh, but, yeah, I started to get recognized as someone that could problem-solve and so that's the reason why I moved around, or I shouldn't say moved around, but I was mm-hmm. actually representing so many different companies in so many different industries because they realized that I had something that was very unique. So a lot of times if you work with a design firm or ad agency, they stick in one industry, like say apparel or let's say entertainment or let's mm-hmm. say technology. But because my model uh, pretty much worked 360, it mm-hmm. worked no matter what the industry was or what category you, oh, you that's were great. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how I got known. So then the project managers, as they moved around, they would go, well, I know, I know the company that could help us out. So then it, most of it's been referrals. 
Well, and that's the best kind of way to have it is by referral. Um, what are some of the challenges that you find many entrepreneurs have? The first challenge is a lot of people, they don't understand branding, so they try to brand themselves. Mm-hmm. And that was another reason why I decided to do what I do. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, why do 95% of businesses fail or reach a lid? And people mm-hmm. would say, well, it's customers or distribution or capital. No, mm-hmm. well, the main point is that they, they, they're missing the secret of what really is branding. And so, you know, you says, it says to be a master at something as a gift or a skill mm-hmm. set is 10,000 10, hours. To master branding is 100,000 hours. There's just so many components to it. So a lot of mm-hmm. people are getting mistered as well, misrepresented. Because I meet a lot of people that are, you know, marketing or advertising or graphic design. They're like, oh, we do branding. But they're not doing branding. They're doing advertising, marketing, or design. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's different. <laughs> but, but they, but they themselves don't even know the difference, and so they're they don't they they're not a lot of them don't even they they're not lying they don't think they're lying because they don't know the distinction of what it what it takes to be a branding expert. Wow. So how one of the things is you know that that's one of the strategies they just don't understand branding. Is there something else an, another challenge that you found that uh, that you know sort of impedes their progress? Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's there's definitely a, a sequence to building a brand. Most companies, what they do, they have to come up with an idea. This mm-hmm. is how about ninety nine point nine nine percent of companies do it. They come up with an idea, and they go right into the marketplace, and then they start going into retail or online and start selling their idea. But they haven't thought about the brand. They haven't thought about how to craft that story of what's going to make them unique. What's your unique philosophy to to garner um, employees and stakeholders and investors mm-hmm. who haven't figured out their vision, like where the company is going to be heading, so they're not basically just looking at a five-year growth plan. Um, mm-hmm. They're not looking at their brand promise, which is what are you going to promise the customer of your product or service or information versus everybody else. It's kind of like a brand promise would be an, ex- an illustration would be like, uh, FedEx, absolutely positively guaranteed overnight. Their benchmark was a U.S. post office, and he knew that the composition rarely delivered things on time and forget about overnight. But they right. knew that there was a huge niche for business <clears throat> owners and business people that needed important documents that could be worth millions, if not billions of dollars, that need to be signed overnight. So they took advantage of that niche, and they came up with the brand promise, which happens to be their tagline, absolutely positively guaranteed overnight. So a lot of companies are missing that. They're, for, they're, not, they're not what's called a value proposition. They're not clear of their value and how they're proposing it to the customers. Okay? Mm-hmm. Most companies, what they're doing, they're only looking for a one-way street. They're saying, oh, my idea is the best, my idea is the best. But they haven't even looked at, from the consumer's perspective, of what's in it for them that they could feel it is the best. Okay. The Whiffem. Wow. You know, it's, it's interesting <clears throat> because um, you've been able to uncover a lot of branding secrets that are used by other companies. Now, in your seminars, because I know uh, that you give a lot of how-to seminars and you're very good at it. I'm telling you, I'm a witness. Um, and how to leverage your business, how to develop the right strategies uh, and turn it into a radically more successful brand. How, how do you deal with competition? Do you have competition out there with you that are trying to do similar things? Well, unfortunately, you're right. When people go out, when I people see me speak, then they start unfortunately stealing my information. And then one company actually came to me and goes, Howard, oh. we've been trying to steal your information, but we just want to ask for your help at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, quite honestly, I'm not even concerned because they don't know how they might have the education of what I do, but they don't know how I'm doing it. Okay, so your secret is engage people through your touch points, but not losing them to your competition or having people steal yourself. So, you, so you've been able to do that. Uh, please come and teach me. <laughs> <laughs> I need yeah, some help you, with that. 
Yeah, there's always going to be people that take the ideas from others, but what stands out, and that's where why I created my book called Authentic Branding, it just mm-hmm. talks about what you need to be authentic, so it's very difficult to copy something that's authentic. Well, and but how how do we, they dig into that authenticity? Is it like the storytelling going back into their philosophy, going back to why they do what they do, who they really are? When you start talking about authenticity, when people start businesses, I'm not sure they're thinking about being authentic. So You're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you tell me if there's a new uh, entrepreneur out there, and we've got a lot of millennials that are going into business and becoming business entrepreneurs, are you working with a lot of millennials now as well, or companies that are run by millennials? Yeah, actually I am. I'm working with pretty much every generation, the greatest generation mm-hmm. to the millennials, and mm-hmm. helped a lot of millennials become very successful. Mm-hmm. Um they, they tend to be have a finger on them. It's interesting. Each generation has uh, their, you could say, their, their strengths and weaknesses, right? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. the millennials tend to pick up on things very quickly, uh-huh. and they tend to understand how important it is to create an experience. And one of the big things about a brand is to create uh-huh. that experience that's unique, like what Disney has done with Disney World and Disneyland. Is uh-huh. that you're crazy, and, they, and, they, and they really love experiential, you know? Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. it's getting into the mindset of what actually triggered them to be millennials. So I did a lot of studying of psychology and sociology uh-huh. and anthropology and really started to recognize the breaks between each generation and why. You know, whether it was because of the invention of the assembly line or was it the invention of digital technology or was it because of the Internet with information. So I, I, love, I love keeping a finger on a pulse and then putting it, put it, put it together based on my client, but, but more importantly, not just based on the client, but how we want to reach their ideal customer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there's, it's interesting. Yeah, I am working with um, the, full, the full reign of generations. Yeah, I know about about the Generation Zers coming along. I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm working with a millennial mastermind, so I'm really tapping into how millennials think, and a lot of them are wanting to <clears throat> to become entrepreneurs. And so that was interesting. What about the baby boomers? Some of the folks that are are might be lagging behind because I'm finding a few of them are not that open to new ideas. And we've done it this way. We're, we're making money. And we've always done it this way. Do you find um, those kinds of business leaders, entrepreneurs, <laughs> and how do you turn them around? <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. There's mindset, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. People have been conditioned with their minds to operate a particular way. <clears throat> and quite mm-hmm. honestly, I only take on clients that are open to coaching and mentoring. Mm-hmm. And um, and if they're not open to coaching and mentoring, then they're going to waste their money and I'm going to waste their time. Okay. So i got to work with people that are open-minded because we I really think outside of dots. And the reason for that is because now it's risky to be safe. It's risky to be safe. I am. I I agree. You know, one of the things that uh, I was intrigued about, some of the things that you do in your seminar, is that uh, creating a culture. You you talked about this. Creating a culture that will attract both loyal employees and customers. And what are some of the tips that you can share? Uh, how to create a culture that will attract loyal employees and customers? Because that has to be very provocative in creating that kind of culture. I'm not sure everybody's doing that. No, they're not. And, and, and it does thrive when you do, like as in Amazon and Google and Apple and Aria. Yeah, they're uh, thriving. Yeah, exactly, Avis. There's reason being is because they're not clear of their philosophy. A philosophy has to do, there's two things that shape the context of, of someone's business, someone's world, someone's universe. Mm-hmm. And those two polar points is the vision and the philosophy. So with the vision... You're looking at what legacy you're going to leave behind, and that allows people to connect if they want to join uh, uh-huh. into your culture. The second major component is your philosophy, why you're doing what you're doing, 
um, and, and why is it unique to you? And then uh-huh. the third component are the values. Like, you know, is your company uh-huh. going to be fun? Is it going to operate from integrity? Is it going to be working from collaboration? Uh-huh. So if you don't set those ingredients in place, companies start spinning, and then you start chasing money after a while rather than sticking to who they say they are and attracting customers rather than chasing them. So they need a philosophy, why you're doing what you're doing. They definitely need a vision in terms of what legacy are we going to leave. Where are we going in three to five years? Uh, how are we going to stay relevant over the next five, 10, 15 years? And then values of the company. Those three things. You know what? I just thought, Howard, those three things incorporated in a business that engages employees and customers creates what I call a tribe. And I just had a person I interviewed on the show uh, not too long ago, and we talked about creating tribes, you know, uh, uh, around your values. So it's almost like within these companies, you are inculcating those values and that those three things that you outline, philosophy, values, and values, vision and values, that you're actually creating a tribe. I, I just use that word, a village, That's a tribe. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, yeah, you're exactly right. I use that word quite a bit, but you are. And, and the thing is, as humans, and then and here's the anthropology and understanding how humans operate as far as psychology, everybody mm-hmm. wants to belong to something. And so That's when right. Started, when they start identifying with what you're clearly stating, and mm-hmm. they want to be part of that, guess what? That's when they started to work with you as an employee or as a strategic partner. Now, your job responsibility is to keep that integrity Keep it where it is that who you say are is transparent, and that brings you back Uh to authenticity. Now, you know, Howard, this brings me to another point uh, about leadership, because Mm -hmm. um, you have to work with the leadership of the company, the leader, because it flows top down, not bottom up so to speak. So Mm -hmm. the leaders, I know you're working with the leaders, but sometimes, you know, you're not they're, they're just not in tune. I'm beginning to get a lot of information about some major companies. People are very disappointed with some companies that I'm hearing from the employees. And as a customer for some of these com- companies, I'm seeing that disconnect with the vision, the values. Uh, and the tribe is just not there and people are dissatisfied. So what do we, what do we say to leaders and how are you working with these business leaders? Because they have to be, you know, they have to have their heads on right. <laughs> yeah, that's when I get into the left side of the brain, and then I start working out the numbers of what it's costing them to constantly rehire, which uh-huh. it costs an average. It costs an average about thirty five hundred or so dollars every time you rehire, because the manpower of retraining the next person. So it's uh-huh. easier to keep an employee, a good employee, than it is to not have a culture that thrives because mm-hmm. that turnover rate, is, a lot of that kills companies because mm-hmm. now you got to re-educate another employee oh, or several yeah. employees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, that costs very, money. <laughs> very, very, very expensive because mm-hmm. now I think about it, you're not, you're, it's that per- person's not going to learn on their own. Someone's now going to have to wear two hats for a while, do their own responsibilities, and then right. also at the same time be able to train the uh, new individual that's entering into the business of what to do. So, yes, there's a lot of fallout. Now, here's the interesting point, too, though. Mm -hmm. Talking about this, what I've noticed, too, is that um, when it comes to the baby boomers, that they're more loyal to to, to, to businesses Mm -hmm. than millennials. Millennials like jumping around. They tend to jump around a lot more. Right. Than, uh, than baby boomers, a lot more. They're looking for that experience, but they will stick to a company if they feel like that company is offering value and a philosophy that they could get behind and be yes. an extension of their identity. Right. And, and they kind of have to get into where their values are. I, I, I found that out. Well, this is, this is so interesting. Uh, Howard, I hate to say this, but we're going to take another quick break and we're going to get back. But listeners, stay tuned because we've got more interesting questions that are going to be answered by Mr. Howard Lim. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, welcome back to the show today with my guest, Mr. Howard Lim, who's a branding expert, business builder, and president and CEO of How Creative. And we have been talking today about branding and some of the mistakes that and some of the right things that businesses are doing under the leadership of Mr. Howard Lim. So today we were just talking about some of the values that business entrepreneurs should have in mind when they want to connect with our customers' intellect, emotions, and heart. And how do you keep customers without losing them? How do you create a culture to attract loyal employees and customers? And he's given us some tips. So philosophy, vision, and values, and then clearly stating those, and with integrity. We also talked a little bit about baby boomers and how they react toward businesses and how they're loyal. And we talk about millennials. Millennials want experiences, but they'll stick if it's an experience that they value. So, Howard, did I kind of get that wrapped up succinctly? <laughs> what we've that talked about. Awesome. I loved it. That was perfect. <laughs> so, but understand to listeners out there that you're new entrepreneurs. Many of you might be listening and you're new. You're not the first to struggle and there are many things to help you and Mr. Howard Lim is the helper to get you through some of those dark days as an entrepreneur. So, we're, we're, we're knowing that you're going to reap immeasurable rewards from this show today. So be sure to contact your friends and have them listen because this is very, very interesting and very informative. So, Howard, um, I'm gonna, we talked about creating that culture, but uh, what advice would you give when we talk, start talking about startup businesses and people to get on the right foot? What advice do you give them as it relates to branding when they start up a new startup business? Well, when it comes, when I could talk about the business side and the branding side because um, I, mm-hmm. I do that when I'm working with every company. So right. on the branding side, it's mm-hmm. a, a, so there's some key ingredients to uh, building a strong brand. Mm-hmm. And um, one of those key ingredients is is really about differentiating from everybody else, and that's probably one of the toughest things to be able to create and then execute from that idea. So it's kind of like, you know, when the World Wide Web came out, it, there is, and you always have competition, by the way. So right. when the World Wide Web was coming out, uh, I remember I was talking because I helped build the uh, marketing posters for the lobby for the World Wide Web, mm-hmm. called the mm-hmm. Highway. And I remember one of the people said, well, you know, in, in our teams, we called them pods. We had different pods that were, right. making, you know, coming, coming together. Anyways, right. um, he's like, well, you know, uh, we don't have any competition. And I said, well, actually we do. It's called TV, print, and radio. <laughs> oh I said goodness. there's direct competition and there's indirect competition. Uh-huh. So um, that's really, really critical to understand that you're always going to have competition regardless what you're creating. And it could be, again, indirect competition. So how are you going to differentiate? The other thing is in what, what, what's going to take to adapt? The, the ability for a consumer mm-hmm. to learn and adapt to your idea. Um, with a lot of technology, thanks to, the, thanks to Apple, 
thanks to Steve Jobs, he created really the user-friendly interface where everybody else, the PC world, was looking from the left-hand side of the brain, which is all logic, but for the novice that wanted to just jump on a computer and have fun, they had uh-huh. real problems with the PC, and he saw that opportunity, even though a computer, it's a different type of computer, which became a user-friendly interface. Right. So that's where he really started to differentiate from uh, the comp- from all the competition, for that matter. Um, so it's really one thing, again, is differentiation and then the ability for people to adapt. So, again, using the illustration that Apple, people were, adapt, were able to adapt very quickly as long as they weren't <laughs> trained already on a PC because a lot of PC people hated the Apple because it was difficult to Yeah, adapt. I did, too. I was mad. I had to go from a PC to a Mac. I was mad. Yes, I was. (laughs) But then after a while, once you catch on, as far as the learning curve, then people just loved it. Okay? Absolutely. So so that's what I call the ability to adapt and how you're going to actually create a new behavior. And a lot of people, a lot of companies, a lot of business owners need to think about that because the longer it takes to adapt something, the more education needs to happen. And well, you know, like when, you know, Howard, yeah. people don't like change. Change has to be done. I remember, you know, talking about this some years ago when we went from uh, the PC to Apple that, oh, my God, you should have heard the hue and cry from many of my <laughs> colleagues. And but it then I started researching on change and change management. That change needs to be taken in increments. You have to take it in small steps and take people along the way, and education is important. And so to have them adapt, to have a breakthrough, I call it. Right, <laughs> so, and, right, right. No, that's so, true. you, you got to have them where they could have a breakthrough. And, but, but when they get that breakthrough, <laughs> what happens, though, is that now they've basically taken on a whole new way of learning or mm-hmm. something that actually then extended their opportunity for a better lifestyle, too, though. That's true. Absolutely. But, you know, and this lets me, that for the new uh, business owners, and I, I, I thank you for that, the key, in, key ingredients, and that is so difficult. Uh, I was asked that question once in doing a branding video. How are you different from anybody else? What makes you different? What makes you stand out? That really takes a lot of soul searching <laughs> and, and looking at your value propositions. So, for, for startup business owners, business entrepreneurs, that is a good place to start. Thank you, Howard, for that. And then the second thing you said is that you always are going to have competition. You're always going to have competition, no matter what. But, and, but you've got to do things to adapt and have people to adapt to your idea. And it's gonna, sometimes it takes change. Did I get that succinctly? <laughs> yeah, you did. You're excellent at recapping. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I think, since we've said something for the um, startup business owners or new entrepreneurs, what about those who are in business uh, now? They've been in business, and how? What would you suggest that they stay well, relevant honestly, over the next? What it, yeah, quite honestly, that's who I work with. Uh, about eighty percent of the time is they reach a lid and they can't grow any further. Mm-hmm. So they they have a business that's doing well. And it doesn't matter if you're making a couple billion dollars. There's going to be a point where you're going to slow down and you're going to reach a lid. And so it's what I do is I find out that they never had the right foundation. They didn't have the right DNA components from the beginning. They did at the very, very, very beginning. There's a company that actually I worked on that's actually three generations old. And oh, now wow. they're back to being very successful because they lost their what I call the heritage to the brand uh-huh. and they started to chase money rather than again standing for what they stand for so they could attract the right players okay uh-huh. so with companies that exist a lot of them don't have a, or they don't have the proper philosophy they don't have the proper values or they don't have the proper vision and they never create that culture to really thrive and be scalable Okay. So to really be scalable. So, you know, the first thing is what I do is I look at, well, what are we going to do to make you sustainable so then you can start earning profit again? And uh-huh. the second thing I look at, what is it really going to take to be um, scalable? And a lot of times it's reinventing or doing a makeover to their business model because their business model is dated 
And so, uh-huh. therefore, it's having an impact on their brand. So, that is great. So, a makeover is needed in some of these cases. Uh, and you talked about that in your, in your, well, you talked about that in your seminar, how you actually did a remakeover. You did some makeovers and you illustrated and how they became more successful when they even, you know, and I know change for some of the business owners in, in three generations and trying to make changes. You change the logos, you change their, um, their tagline um, that was more relevant. Uh, you showed that. I, see, I remember that. <laughs> and the companies became more profitable. So in order to stay relevant over the next 5, 10, 15 years, what do, you, what do you predict as we look over the next 5, 10, 15 years as it relates to this digital media, the marketing, the branding? Uh, it, it's going to be real interesting. I hope I'm going to be around. <laughs> I trust. No, I'm going to be around. I'm going to be around. <laughs> I'm making that statement. I will be around. <laughs> you will be around. So, so what's interesting is kind of like when I start learning design with, you know, you, you have a type, what's called a California job case, and you hand set every single letter. So to do one paragraph, perfect paragraph with perfect spacing between each letter and each word and a perfect character that's not dinged would take about a month, you know, uh-huh. to do one paragraph. But it, what happened is that you start to learn their strong fundamentals and you start to learn the principles those two things will never go away. So no matter if the media changes from social media or, let's say, YouTube, there's principles that will always remain intact to keep mm-hmm. a business and a brand scalable and sustainable, or I should say sustainable first and then scalable. If you're not, if you're not aware of those elements, your company might thrive at the very beginning, but it will die off just as fast. Oh wow, that that's good to know because you know I know a lot of people we're we're, we're approaching twenty nineteen. Isn't that interesting? Wow, wow, um, and people are. I know, in the new year, are gearing up. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is so that we get people geared up for the new year, and become the best that they can be, which which leads me to talk about, you know, the book, because you have this authentic branding book, um, Mr. Lim, and this has actually, uh, with all of what you've done, you've probably trained over 75,000 entrepreneurs or taught them how to build differentiated brands that connect with the customers emotionally and intellectually. So at the core of your book, it's a proven framework for accelerating growth, profit, and value for every business, large or small. So I want you, uh, Mr. Lim, to share just a bit about that book because I'd love to have the listeners get that book because many of them will find it's easier than trying to book you in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheaper. That, that, it's it's yeah, about yeah. low cost. We don't use the word cheap. Low cost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big investment for the price, put it that way. Um, yeah, so I took four years to write that book. Now, let me tell you why I wrote this book. Uh-huh. Because I started branding, I started to really understand branding before branding became an actual term. Um, and I was using image marketing. Um, and this was literally 25 years ago. I started my business over 30 years ago. But after I outgrew design and start mastering design and advertising and marketing and business, I said, what's next? And that's when I started to put the equation together. And what I realized that there was only two books at the time that were out on the subject of branding back way back then. Uh-huh. And one was a very good book called Strong Brands. But uh-huh. what the problem was with these books is that they went, uh, I got it, and I understood it because I was in the industry, but for the common onlooker, it was like, what are they talking about? It's like, a whole foreign language, right? Because branding mm-hmm. is its language in itself, business language mm-hmm. in itself. The other thing is that when I was going through the book and other books, there's no lessons of actually how to conduct your own strategy with your own business that you're working mm-hmm. on. Okay? Mm-hmm. So then I took it upon myself to take four years to write my book based on my experiences that was accumulated of how I started to work with all size businesses from startups to the big Fortune 500s and what were the common principles that I put together to help out a lot of different companies. And so I took my time and re-edited and re-edited. I actually had five editors on my book 
Uh-huh. And then um, that's when I decided to launch it, when I found I was really ready to launch. And the reason why I called it Authentic Branding, because at the time, I knew that that was uh-huh. going to be um, the only way you could build a brand. Because at the time, right when I finished my book, um, or during, I should say, right before I finished my book, but still during uh-huh. writing it, I started to see the big companies started to sink, like MCI, for example, and Enron. And I was like, well, these brands are unauthentic. There's no soul to them. They're all about profit. You know, profit's great as a byproduct, but there should be a hierarchy to this. Right. And so that's why I decided to write my book, because I felt that that was going to be the wave of the future, um, is well, the authenticity of, of businesses and brands. Well, Howard, I really want to thank you, because I want to give you time to tell us where we can get the book, uh, authentic branding because we've got a few minutes before we close the show and I definitely want people to get this book so where can they get authentic branding <laughs> yeah so the fastest way you can find it's sold all over the globe but the fastest way to get it is on Amazon Just Amazon. Go to Amazon and check out uh, Howard A. Lim I use my middle initial and it's called authentic branding by Howard A. Lim uh-huh. and uh, you'll see uh, some some reviews of companies people that have created businesses from this book. I know. And I want to just share this really quickly. Mr. Lim's work has been featured in Delta Airlines, The Wall Street Journal, Los Angeles Times, New York Times, Brand Week, How Magazine. He's been on ABC, Fox, and CBS, among other major media outlets. So I want to thank you so much, Howard A. Lim, for being on the show today and just having a great conversation with me about branding. So thank you guys for listening. And remember, get the book Authentic Branding from Amazon. It's all over the world. And I know I've got some listeners from China that are tuning in today. So thank you all. And I want to wish all of you happy holidays and a perfectly grand new year. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll see you next week. Happy holidays. Thank you, Howard. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week.